Arbuckle, Director of Education and Member Engagement here at the Ontario Library Association. And today I am so thrilled to have with me Matt Roeder. Matt is the Business and Economics Librarian at the Wilfrid Laurier University Library, and he is also the eLearning in Libraries Collective and Head Planner for the eLearning in Libraries Symposium. Did I say that all right? Kind of, yeah, I'll, I'll clarify. Okay. <laughs> people people kind of get the gist that you're involved. I do e-learning. e-learning. That's, that's yeah, what we're that's here what to I'm talk about, about today. E-learning. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so Matt is here today to talk about ways that libraries have dealt with e-learning throughout the pandemic and about how they've transitioned, you know, either successes or challenges that they've been experiencing uh, transitioning to online learning, which I think is a very timely topic that everyone is is thinking about and dealing with. So we're very excited to have you here at Libraryland Loves, Yay, Matt. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be talking about this. Um, it, well, it used to be niche subject, but now it's like everybody's doing this. Um, so yeah. T- now it's our reality. It's a yeah. major reality now. Yeah. And it, I think it's going to be around for, I think, quite well, for at least until we all get a vaccine, right? So um, it's going to be around for a while. Yeah. Okay, great. So Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you generally do day to day in your library life? Sure. Uh, so um, as you said, I am the business, one of the business and economic librarians at Wilfrid Laurier University. Um, however, it, besides that, I also work heavily with e-learning, hence why I'm here today. Uh, <laughs> but day to day, so I'm uh, the first year librarian for business students. So I deal a lot with um, first year business students. And I also work with all the MBAs at Laurier. Uh, so my, my days are usually spent um, heavily involved with student work, um, with liaising with faculty and um, all those wonderful things that happen as mm-hmm. a liaison librarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also this sort of side other half of my life, which is um, very much focused on e-learning and online learning, um, both at Laurier and uh, in a greater context of libraries in general. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been working with um, the e-learning um, in Libraries Collective for how many years now? Four or five years now. Um, so it's uh, it's been a, a, a long long passion of mine that I started very early on in my career or even back Mm in library school Um, and I've just really it's 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 a passion project of mine and something that I think is so important and Mm -hmm. so valuable especially as we move into these crazy crazy times absolutely I can imagine the uh the membership of the collective must be exploding these days or have have your ranks increased much (laughs) We definitely have gotten a lot more um, interest in people wanting to join our listserv, oh, um, and it's been it's been great. Like there's been so much more engagement, um, and, as, and I'm going to talk about more about what this uh, collective and what the symposium is as we go on. But uh, for example, um, the symposium is normally year to year. It's not hugely attended. It's certainly one of the more popular um, library conferences around but this year we um, opened it up to 300 online participants and we sold out within a few days wow that's great so that's a not sold out registered it's a completely free conference so um, but uh, yeah there's like such an interest and such a push and such a need and desire um, for that connection and then that um, ability to have these super important conversations about um, how libraries 
work with e-learning and how libraries handle um, all the the difficulties and the problems that kind of are are come along with um, dealing with online learning. Great. All right. So, what's our top five list today? What are we talking about? Top five. Um, so I have to tell you, Michelle, I had so much trouble squishing this down to top five. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you, you, you could have done like, like one a... B, one C. You can have you can have addendums if you need. How about that? <laughs> Okay, I can have addendums. Great. Um, I wish you told me that like three hours ago when I was struggling with a list of 40. Um, well, now I know we're going to get the so, cream of the crop. We're going to get the ones that really rose <laughs> to top of mind. Yeah, definitely. So really, essentially what um, my top five are, and there's no specific order here. I've just kind of thrown them in um, into whatever order I kind of like thought of them as. Um, but really like thinking about... Um, online learning and e-learning in libraries and some of the really important things that you need to keep in mind about engaging with this really important sort of like area of of libraries and the issues within those like it's not I think a lot of us sort of come to e-learning and are sort of like, yes, online learning, rah, rah, it's going to be great. We're going to design all this amazing content and um, students are going to be really engaged. But it's often um, can be a very difficult uh, thing to work in um, because there's a lot of problems inherent. It's like there's a lot of failures that sort of happen. And I think that's one of the like really big and key things that I'm going to probably touch on a little bit. Okay, um, here we go. go so along. not a ranked list. Okay, that's fine. That, that would have been too much to ask. No. I get it. It's okay. You can't favorite your children. Um, and I won't, I would never ask you to. <laughs> I can favorite my children if I had them. <laughs> All right, I'll keep that in mind for future app. Future Maybe app. cut that out. Um, so let's start with, uh, if it's not ranked, we can just start with number one. What's your, what's your so is it a number one, what is it, like okay. a tip for e-learning or, or issue in e-learning? Uh, this one's an okay. issue and also a, a tip. So it's two, it's, it's a very, it's a big kind of concept, I think. And one of the things that we often, um, or at least I feel, um, and other people who work in e-learning kind of talk about is when we come to an e-learning kind of situation, um, especially now, especially with the pandemic, is we are faced, maybe you've never done e-learning before, maybe you've never created a video, maybe you've never you've never um, had to deal with asynchronous material or anything like that, and now you're being told, you need to come into my classroom where you need to develop content for my students uh, that will allow us to, or allow them to learn the things you need them to know. Maybe it's um, database searching, maybe it's um, information recovery, maybe it's um, uh, recognizing credible sources, like all of these things that we would do in the classroom. Um, we would have a lecture about it, we would do an interactive activity, we'd do some kind of active learning. You're now being told, create content that does that. Um, so right away you're like, okay, I'm going to replicate what I'm doing in the classroom. I'm just going to take those slides, I'm going to take that material, stick it in a video, put it online, the students are going to learn. You know what's going to happen? Those students aren't going to learn. Spoiler alert. Because it's spoiler just a alert, video. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, think about 
uh, the number of times that you say watched a cooking video online. Um, we've all had that experience. We're scrolling through um, Instagram and one of those strange, mm -hmm. um, usually cheese related um, recipes pop up and you sit there and you watch it and then you scroll on. And do you remember anything about that video? You don't. Um, and that's what often happens in a classroom. There's that chance for spontaneity where we can kind of see somebody's losing grip on what we're talking about or we can kind of see that someone is really engaged and they want to kind of jump in with a question with material online that doesn't happen we don't have that capability so you need to find ways to create interactivity you need to create ways to kind of like pull in your students to either sort of say hey remember you're watching a video and I want you to learn something. So here's an activity or here's a way to kind of like engage uh, um, your students in some way. And so that that really, I think, is one of the key things mm -hmm. with um, when you're moving into online learning or into e-learning is you don't want to just replicate what you do in the classroom because that's often not going to work. Um, mm -hmm. You need to have something in there that is a little bit different that um, whether it is some sort of online tool or or thinking about ways to um, get students to interact in some way. It could be an assessment. It could be a word search. It could be um, a multiple choice quiz. It, it, anything that kind of knocks the student out of just passively watching the video and reminds them that they need to engage actively with what they're doing. Um, so for example, uh, one of the things that I've been working on a lot at uh, Laurier um, and elsewhere is a... Um, platform called H5P. And I'm going to talk a lot, a lot about H5P throughout this, because um, it's, it's um, a, a baby of mine. It's something that um, the, the online learning group at Laurier is really kind of spearheaded. Uh, eCampus Ontario is really involved in this. Um, it, it's an exciting kind of thing, and it's very interactive. So you're creating online learning objects or online content types that is not just a video it is a slideshow where suddenly they have a multiple choice quiz or it is a uh, drag and drop uh, matching process it is a image where you can click on an image and have a little text box pop up um, with um, either questions or content or all different types of things kind of going on in it but it's very involved it's very hands-on and allows the student or the viewer to sort of say oh yeah the the video just said this thing right, right two minutes ago, let me go back and I can answer that question. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to make sure that you're not replicating your classroom, as I've said, but creating a new environment online. That and that I think sense. is a really uh, important part of um, uh, your overarching. overarching. So that would be my one. Yeah. My first one is interactivity. Like overarching. Yeah, yeah. Like find ways to create content that engages your viewer. Um, and yeah, that's a new skill. You're going to have to learn all kinds of new stuff. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but you want you don't just want to be like, OK, um, I usually do it this way in a classroom. Let me do it this way online. Perfect. Great. All right. So that was tip one. Stop replicating the physical classroom. Start thinking, about start thinking about creating interactivity 
and adding more elements that engage them throughout the process. Okay, great. What's tip yeah. two? Yeah. Tip two, I'm changing the order here. I had something else for tip two, but I'm gonna do something different. I love the spontaneity um, of it all. I love it. <laughs> I know. So this one is going to follow in with number one. Um, when we are talking about um, creating this interactivity element, as I said just a second ago, you are going to have to do some work. Um, that means you're going to have to learn some new skills. Uh, and you don't want to be afraid of those new skills. And that is something I think um, many people who are who are uh entering into the world of e-learning can be quite hesitant at like it is a it is a big learning gap um when i first started with uh, e-learning and online learning material like um one of the first things i did is i took coding classes um like i learned how i learned what um, html was i learned what css was i learned these sorts of things because uh, the language in terms of the the material that I was reading and the stuff that I was working with I was like I have no idea mm -hmm. what some of the stuff is talking about so let me go and find out so it you you do are going to have to learn some new skills because it is not just building a PowerPoint and it is not just um, you know thinking up a multiple choice quiz that you can put on uh, your um, learning management system it is entirely new um and entirely um different so you do need to kind of like be like be brave and be bold and sort of say hey i want to i want to create a asynchronous video that i can send out to students that they can watch with interactive elements and then i come into the classroom i say did you watch that video great let's have like an online discussion about that video like that is a new skill that's not something that you may have normally done um so how do you kind of do that so you want to um definitely be sort of like learning mm -hmm. some learning new skills so that's a, a really what do you really think big, have you heard um, um from people yeah. uh as, as, do you get a sense of what their biggest skill gap is right now for like are people are they concerned about not having the ability to code or is it you know not being able to communicate effectively online or is it something completely different what do you what do you think about that um i think that yeah there's a there's a couple different things there um i think there's definitely sort of this hesitation around like how do i communicate online how do i teach online because um i'm sure that I'm an academic librarian, so that means that I have been involved in a lot of online classes this, um, this semester, more than I actually have been in the past, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, there's definitely this sort of this hesitation where you're sort of like, well, how do I connect with my audience online? Like, for me, I'm, I'm a pretty... Um, Unlike Michelle, you probably would never believe this, but I'm actually not as shy as I seem when I get up in front of the classroom. Appalled, I'm, appalled um, by that. I'm quite. You're appalled by that. <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> should come by. Should come by one of the lectures one day. You can watch me run up and down rows um, and give people high fives. It. It's. Um, you're the you're the Oprah of the classroom. Oh. I have I sometimes like it seems like it. Um, 
<laughs> if only I could give people yeah. free things. Um, I won't, though. Um, but you sort of have the sense of like, this is how I do something in person, right? Um, going back to uh, point number one, this is how I do it in person. Um, how do I communicate online? How do I have that same sense of enthusiasm? How do I have that same um, level of mm -hmm. excitement when I'm teaching um, in in an online thing? And so I think there definitely is sort of like this... Um, hesitation around um, jumping into Absolutely. online learning. I, I find just personally, no. yeah. the one of the biggest barriers for me is staying motivated to sound engaging and motivated when you're not getting that fat feedback from an audience, right? So, or a class, so when you don't have people doing what you're doing right now, which is nodding and making eye contact and kind of confirming that what you're saying is getting through. Because if you're in a camera off environment, yeah. you're getting nothing back and you still have to keep up that energy level and that, you know, commitment to keep talking and being engaging. So yeah, that was a challenge. Yeah, totally. And like one thing that I did this semester, so as I said, I, I teach first years. And so I teach on average between um, 10 and 11 first year, um, I'm going to put this in air quotes, lectures. Um, and that usually covers about 1,000 to 3,000 students over the course of a semester. And one thing I said, you know, you don't have to have your cam on. I mean, it's fine. Like I'm going to be sharing my slides. So you, I'm probably not going to see you, but I'm also going to put breaks in there. Like I pull out of my slides and I say, okay, guys, like, um, probably all bored. I've been talking for about 20 minutes here. Um, somebody turn their cam on and do something stupid. Um, you know, and like I had one person turn their cam on and they held up their cat right to the camera and they were like, my cat wanted to say hi. And I was like, that's exactly the kind of thing I want. So I, I sometimes find that, um, when I'm teaching online, mm -hmm. I can still be kind of stupid um, with my students and sort of like try and engage them in different ways. Yeah. You just sort of have to think outside the box. Um, and it's the same thing with these new skills that you are going to have to learn if you're mm -hmm. going to start getting into any e-learning material is you have to just think outside the box. What is it that I want to do? How am I going to achieve it? And is there something okay. kind of crazy that I can figure out? Um, you know, and one thing that I was, I was talking to a colleague about this and one thing that um, we sort of said that, you know, now, like with this pandemic, everyone needs to be a streaming video expert. Like you have to know how to be a streaming video. You have to know the tricks. You have to know how mm -hmm. to have intonation in your voice to make something sound interesting. You have to know how to work with the software to build mm -hmm. a good video. You have to know how to um, deal with audio. Like for today, I, ha I, I don't use Audacity. So you had to walk me through how to do that. Whereas I'm sure that if... Um, you were like, okay, I'm going to build a video. I'd have to walk you through that type of thing, right? So um, you just have to kind of be willing to try new things. If something doesn't work, it didn't work. It's not a big deal. It's not a problem. <laughs> that goes in the fail folder and it will never see the light of day again. It will eventually be deleted in a year or two. You don't have to be worried about what doesn't work. I think that's a good lesson for Just life move in on general, and try honestly. Different. And for live and eventually, These are, This is a good... Yeah. The, so the tip is don't be afraid. Yeah. Do some work. Learn some new skills. You're going to make it through. Don't be afraid to be stupid. Hold your cat up to the yeah. camera. That's what I got out of that tip. Is that, a, is that a good summary? Okay, great. 
I love that. And I especially love that we held a cat up to the camera as the last one. I tried to hold my dog up to the camera at one point. She was yeah. really not happy about that. And I kind of got a paw in the face. And um, then there was a lot of couch time that we had to like sit and be We don't. Held, we so. don't want to traumatize anyone. So let's go with some safe, no. safe stupid yeah. time. Okay, cool. <laughs> safe stupid time. All right. What do we got for tip three? Okay, so tip three, let's do what I was going to do for number two in um, tip three. Uh, and this one's pretty obvious, um, but it's one that I think we need to highlight and hammer home every single time. Be aware of accessibility, mm, okay. right? Like always make sure that you are keeping accessibility in mind. Um, and as librarians and as people working with the public and who have had sort of like um, AODA throwing around in our minds and all these things, of course that's front mm -hmm. of mind. And it, it does have to continue to be front of mm -hmm. mind with e-learning. So if you are making a video, that has to be captured, right? right? Because whoever is going to be sitting down to watch that video, if they have a, um, hearing disability or if they are in any way um, in need of assistance you have to make sure that they are not coming to you to ask for the assistance that the assistance is just mm -hmm. right there um, and that that could be um, text type um, uh, voiceovers that could be captioning that could be any of these sorts of things and um, one of the first things that I learned when I first started doing um, online videos, and I never even thought of this because you sort of think, oh, I'm going to kind of do it the way that I would do it in a classroom. Click here, click here, click here, click here, click here. And then you're great because you have that visual, right? So like you're sort of like, oh, I'm going to move over to this button. I click here. You have mm -hmm. to describe that. Like if you are clicking a button that says search versus a button mm -hmm. that says go, you have to be able to say, click the button that says go, click the button that says search, describe what you're doing. Um, I'm scrolling down the page to find mm -hmm. X. I'm navigating over like it has to be that descriptive um, kind of work. So just keep mm -hmm. accessibility in mind as you do it. And of course, if you are unsure of something, ask. And um, somebody out there, some, somebody in the, say, e-learning collective, minor plug, um, will uh, will be able to assist you with that because somebody out there is going to have that answer. Um, but always keep So the standard, the kind of the, the standard, the minimum that you're thinking of when it comes to accessibility and, and video is, uh, is the captioning of video or the providing of uh, transcripts of yeah. videos. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of general descriptions, descriptions of images, descriptions of what's happening. Is that kind of the baseline of what you're talking about when you talk about accessibility? I, yeah, I like, I'm like. i I'm not going to um, say that I'm the expert here. I'm certainly no accessibility expert. That's not my area of expertise in libraries. Um, but as somebody who has worked in e-learning a lot, like there's just certain fundamental things that... I always make sure that I want to do if I'm doing a video, it has to be captioned. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing a video, it, there's always the transcript is available. Um, if I'm doing um, any type of, um, uh, again, a video that I'm being descriptive, if I'm doing other um, types of learning objects that are online, say, for example, 
H5P, and I will um, definitely talk about that in a couple of minutes. Um, but H5P is this, I'll just talk about it now. H5P <laughs> is this really great um, interactive software um, where I can create all the different kinds of learning objects. Mm. Um, and for that, you just want to be aware what is going to be accessible for people who need it to be. So can um, a, a specific type of learning object be run with a um, uh, screen reader, for right. example? Like, is right, that yeah. something that can kind of work work with yeah. the app? So just kind of those common sense questions, mm -hmm. uh, like the baseline should always be, is this accessible to anyone that needs to get um, get access to it. And that can include captioning, descriptive right. video, um, descriptive images, um, screen readers, any other number of them. And I'm sure many of your listeners probably would have, would add like 30 right. or 40 <laughs> things to that list. Yeah. But um, I'm no expert on accessibility. Um, but you always just want to make sure that you're keeping it in, in mind as you are working on, yeah. on it. I, you know, and I think it's one of those things, like you said, where you could think of an extra 30 things, but if you can cover off a few, like, you know, it seems to me like doing the very least these days is providing captioning yeah. or a transcript. So I think that's helpful. And I'm impressed these days with the number of services that are helping uh, us to quickly and accurately pull transcripts and captioning. Oh, yeah. For, there's you know, some great like stuff. In, in, we're in Zoom right now, and, and there's that Otter integration. It's not perfect. I think you still need to go through and kind of do a glance over and make sure or, or you know, just be aware when you're reading things that there might be some little fluctuations. But yeah, I'm impressed with how many services are helping nowadays. Yeah, I um, I really advocate for Otter. I'm like, I don't want to plug them. They're not a sponsor um, no, or anything not. like that. Although but... if anyone from Otter is listening, we're going to take your money. <laughs> Uh, but I'm impressed with these sorts of things. Like they, they give you really strong captioning and yeah, you have to go through it and look and see what they're doing, but um, they're not screwing things up. They're not making you sound like a, um, like a nincompoop. You're, you're, it's pretty clear in terms of what they're, they're capturing. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of those sorts of services. And if it, yeah. if it works, one of the things that I tell my students um, all the time, if you find a fix and something that is going to work for you to make your life a little bit easier mm -hmm. right now use it yeah <laughs> you know so take advantage where yeah. you can take sure. advantage okay. where you can yeah all right so tip number three was be aware of accessibility uh, look look for options to caption to capture text to use um, descriptive text where we can describe what you're doing uh, and then there was a little pitch for h5p in there which um, do you have a later tip or can I ask a question about that now you go for it yeah uh, just quickly because every time you say it I think of the steak sauce um, is is it an acronym for something what is, what is h5p it is an acronym for something um, I'm a bad e-learning librarian that I can't think of it right now <laughs> we'll cut this question out. We'll cut that out. okay <laughs> um, it is a type of um, what I'm looking for. So uh, we had Flash. So it's a type of um, sort of like, it's very similar to sort of like Flash, but it's a type of sort of like um, online or um, a language that is being used um, for um, for writing, for writing code, okay. essentially. Okay, great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That brings us to tip number four. All right. Tip number four. So tip number four is um, weird because there's actually no way that I can accurately sum this up in like a word Fabulous. or two. So I'm just going to talk descriptive about Descriptive image it. Um, descriptive <laughs> image it. So 
Um, one of the things that I think is important to keep in mind with, um, with online learning and with e-learning is that two, three, even five years ago, this was a niche thing. Like, um, we had libguides, we had um, videos, obviously, online. But more and more uh, recently, we've been seeing, uh, like, an explosion of e-learning kind of, like, tools and and ideas and things like that. So it's no longer kind of like a, a niche thing. There are so many people that are um, using it, and it's actually now become mm-hmm. the norm. Um, that libraries are going to engage in uh, e-learning and online learning. And I think that partners or um, community members um, that are engaging with the library, they almost Mm -hmm. now expect it. Um, And that to me is um, like, it's a big thing. And this is, again, something that I've talked to a a couple colleagues about that really sort of like um, uh, hammer home. And I think there are implications for that. Um, So this is less of a tip and more sort of Mm -hmm. like a be aware um, type thing. And there are implications, especially around training um, for that and supporting those people that um, are have done e-learning for a long time. Um, So as especially with the pandemic and especially with sort of like this move to like, all right, let's take everything we've done and put it online run with that, build new objects, build new ways of learning, build new ways of teaching, there is a heavy emphasis on how individuals who have always done e-learning, that we're suddenly now sort of like the experts. We're the ones that people are coming to. We're the ones that people need help with. And there's an expectation that Mm. we can train um, people who are novices. So when I say try new things, try different sorts of um, crazy things to to learn something, to do something kind of fun, to do something new. Um, Quite often, it might be you're coming to me and sort of saying, how do I do this? Um, And so then there's like that extra little bit of workload around um, for both you as the the novice person kind of doing e-learning and also for someone like myself, for some of my other colleagues doing e-learning who have been doing it for a while. And sort of we're now sort of, um, we're now the teachers as well. Like we're teaching in multiple different ways. I'm teaching students how to do something in the library, Mm -hmm. but I'm also now teaching different colleagues how to, um, how to do things online mm-hmm. and how to do things with different types of tools. So it's um, it, it's it's a big shift in libraries, and I think that there's like a can often kind of like hit home or hit mm-hmm. with a um, a bit of a workload problem. Um, so really, I I think my main thing here is support those colleagues that are going to help you with moving into this new paradigm um, of of online learning and of e-learning um, because you don't want to get into sort of the thing where um, those of us who are kind of like doing online learning, like I've done a lot of training for different people. I, I um, in a minute when I talk about my last point, I'm definitely going to um, talk a lot about um, the symposium. Um, but that's a that's a great place to kind of get skills and knowledge and and learn things because here's here's the the little secret about e-learning um it's actually not that i'm gonna put ominous music around it's actually pretty obvious sorry sorry, Um, we really like okay 
Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We really like talking about e-learning. Like, we love talking about what we do. We, I love being like, oh, you want to learn how to use um, these five things? Cool. Here's um, a Zoom link. We're going to sit down for two hours and I'm going to walk you through in minute detail how to do this thing. And you're going to be so tired of me by the end of that that you're never going to want to look at my face again. But I like talking about this. Oh, I know. You're blushing. I was about to be really vain there, but I chose not to. Uh, I am. Um, but it's true. Like, uh, people who work in e-learning, like yeah. we get excited when we get to talk about this sort of stuff because right. uh, for many years, people were just sort of like, oh yeah, e-learning people, you know, you're making your little videos right. and that's so great. Um, but now we get to talk about this and, and it's, it's fun. Well, and it's interesting because it sounds like what you're, what you're saying, you're, you're predicting a trend almost that there might not be a distinction anymore that it'll just yeah. be learning that the experience of learning will be, um, you know, it, the idea of how, how to teach will be a kind of a cross-platform, platform being either in person or online. And as a librarian, as an instructor, you have to be flexible enough to make that switch between two. You have to understand the implications of both and what's kind of expected you, of you in both. And I think, you know, I don't think that's beyond the realm. I mean, that's essentially what's happened with a lot of... Um, accessibility, where we have an accessibility librarian, but everyone is expected to know what that means. And when you go in to instruct, you have that sense of what that means in the classroom. And now it sounds like, um, you know, you're saying the same thing will happen with e-learning, where everyone's going to have to have that kind of baseline. Yeah, I I think so. And I think that, um, like, with COVID-19, that's really, I think that's going to be the start of all of this. Like, Right now, we're all online. Like, there is nothing happening in person right now because, you know, it's dangerous. We don't want to be somewhere in person. Uh, and mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that we are going to have to just get used to. But as we kind of start to transition back, it, it, there's going to just always be this sort of, like, sense of, like, you remember that thing you did online? You remember how cool that was and how excited my students got about that thing? Can you do that again? Like, I will right. set up a Zoom session for my students because that was really great. So I think yeah. we're going to transition eventually. Let's hope so. Um, but we're going to transition back into our normal lives and our classrooms and our offices and our libraries um, that we all miss so much. But we're always going to still be sort of saying, hey, remember that time that we did this thing? Let's do that again because that got so much cool traction and that was so much fun to build and make and um and all those sorts of things. So yeah, I, I definitely think that there is going to be this major shift where I might be an e-learning librarian or my colleague might be the e-learning librarian or whomever, but mm-hmm. my other colleague who is say um, the social work librarian, she might be like, okay, you still need to know four or five things. And I'm sorry, I called out my, my colleague, the social work librarian. She's actually a awesome e-learning librarian as well. Um, so I'm not saying that she doesn't know what she's talking about, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, all right. But, you know, like all of my colleagues that in the past were sort of like, I don't want to make a video. Can someone else kind of, um, work with that? Or I'm not sure how to do this, or I'm uncomfortable with, um, building this type of object. Now the idea is like, hey, I learned how to do that during the pandemic. I'm excited to still be doing that. 
let me try something new. So I think we're going to see more and more um, librarians just with the expectation that when you come into the room, when you sit down to talk about e-learning, that everyone's going to kind of at least have a baseline. Mm -hmm. That's great. I like that. And, you know, I don't know. I, uh, I'm i curious to see when we transition, if we all do transition fully back, or if we do see a benefit of a blended model that where, you know, for me anyway, in the programming that I do, the reach is just so much greater to offer something virtually that I'm curious to see, you know, when we go back, um, does everyone want to do in person or do we want to do something where we can still reach people that maybe can't come in person for whatever reason? So... Yeah. yeah, I like that idea. All right, cool. And and of course, and you're going to have people who are hesitant too. Yeah. I'm like, we've spent, we're going to probably by the end of this, at least a year, who knows yeah. more we're than all that. We're scarred, yeah. In a, yeah, in a very isolated kind of environment, I might not want to be in front of no. a large classroom for yeah. a while. You know, like that, could, it could be sort of like, oh, wait, like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> too much breathing on me um type yeah, thing totally. right so yeah. uh okay yeah. great uh that which brings us to the ultimate number five hit us yeah and i actually i just realized that i think i actually did rank these because <laughs> the this is my favorite one to you talk can't about fight it you can't fight uh, it. yeah right. no i can't yeah um so this one's collaboration um and this i think is one of the ones that um i would emphasize the most in terms of e-learning. And I've touched on it um, throughout that when you run into issues, ask. Um, when um, you encounter a e-learning librarian who has experienced building things, they're gonna wanna help you. Um, when you are unsure about how to deal with accessibility, ask. Um, when you're trying something new, somebody out there has maybe tried it before, ask. So collaborate. Um, and that is um, probably one of the things that helped me the most as I got into e-learning and as I discovered how much I enjoy it uh, as a as a librarian. It wasn't because one day I sat down and was like, oh, cool, what's this thing? Let's build a video for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, it was more because I had a colleague that says, let's try making a video about this one subject. And me being like, I've never done that before. I have no idea how to make a video. Um, I'd love the idea. Uh, and then the two of us sort of sitting down and building that together and learning together on how to do that. And the collaboration can entail many different things like you are a novice somebody else is an experienced person come together find new ways to kind of like do things two novices with e-learning sit down together how are we going to do this how, what are the tools and tips and things that we're going to um, kind of talk about and if you don't mind i'm now going to plug this um but uh so obviously by the time this comes out um the e-learning symposium will have happened um it happens at the um beginning of december this year um it is a completely virtual conference however for you listeners mm -hmm. who are excited to be out there um all of this content will be available. All of the content on our um, from our day of um, the conference or days at the conference, they're going to be two days, um, will be available online um, on our YouTube channel. And like there's 
amazing stuff. And this is a really good place to kind of like start thinking about, hey, I want to collaborate. I want to try something new. Um, maybe I want to talk about how I'm going to um, work within um, a learning management system. How am I going to integrate library content into a learning management system? I have a session on that. Um, how am I going to talk about user experience design? Um, we have a session on that. How are we going to talk, deal with Zoom bombers? Um, there is a session on Zoom bombing. Um, so all of these sorts of things. And these are people that are going to want to talk to you about this sort of thing. So I encourage everyone to sort of like, and I'll make sure, or hopefully we can get the URL um, out there for yeah. the um, for the conference page. Um, but please take a look at some of this content. Um, join the e-learning collective. Um, that's the other big plug. Is it's a dynamic and diverse group of other librarians and people who work in the libraries that love talking about lead learning shoot an email out to the collective, shoot an email out to that um, listserv and sort of see what comes back to you. And you will be surprised how many different people are going to be like, yes, I want to collaborate with you on that. Um, or here's 10 ways that I did that. Or here's my top five tips on how to deal with accessibility and e-learning. Um, but really, I feel that collaboration is um, the best way to kind of like deal with e-learning because there's there's this stigma or there's this image of, uh, of an e-learning or, or a librarian working online like there is with any coder or web designer or web builder um, alone in a dark room with a laptop um, <laughs> um, and certainly when you're building something yeah you're alone hopefully not in the dark um, with your laptop building your object or building your video but at the same time like having those connections and getting stuck on a problem mm -hmm. and not sure how to make something interactive. Um, well, I don't know how to make something interactive. I don't know how to um, get a um, hundred business students to interact with this particular video. There's five other people on the slurf server. There's five people um, that I work with. Or there's 20 people that I know that may have done something similar. Let me ask them. They might have some tips or tricks. But that, to me, I think is one of the most important mm -hmm. things with e-learning is, is making those connections, um, learning f together. Um, maybe you want to learn how to use H5P. Um, that's not a steak sauce. Um, but you want to... Maybe you want to talk about... If you want to talk about HP connect with me i'm here actually if you want to talk about if you want to talk about steak in any way whatsoever <laughs> you know you know where to find me um but if you want to learn these sorts of things yeah find somebody who does that get in touch with eCampus ontario um hey shoot me an email um and i'm happy to help you out with um figuring that sort of thing out like it, it, there's there's many ways i think to collaborate and i think that one of the things that the pandemic um, and this is what I'll, I'll stop talking after this, but I think one of the things that the pandemic really has shown us is the importance of mm -hmm. connection um, and finding ways to help each other as we move forward in um, in any kind of endeavor within mm -hmm. library land, um, whether that be online learning, whether it be engagement strategies, whether that be how to deal with um, reopening your library book drops, all of these sorts of things that we've had to deal with this um, over the past, I don't even know how 1700 many months anymore. 1,700 days, um, approximately. 
Yes, I know. I saw a great thing. I, I don't know where it was. It was like um, for the 65 <laughs> months that has been 2020. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but there's so many great connections that we've been making and having and developing. E-learning is just is can help you yeah. in that exact same way. Find somebody who wants to talk to you about these problems. And I mean, I think, you know, I hope anyway that everyone listening knows and has experienced that that is one of the joys of library land. We are not a profession that hoards our knowledge or our information. Um, and I think, you know, everyone I've ever met anyway is so willing to share their expertise. I mean, heck, I wouldn't have a podcast with people coming here if, if we weren't willing to share. Um, and reaching out is, you know, one cold email away from connecting with someone who knows something more than you. So, yeah, yeah I think that's great. And it's almost never a cold email. I'm like it, every email that I've ever sent to somebody I don't know, it's I've at least gotten a somewhat response. Even if it's a like, I can't help you right now. Give me five days, yeah. and then I'll yeah. get back in touch with you. Like it, it's I, I've I've never actually received or dealt oh, with like, the you're cold lucky, email. And like yeah, I guess yeah, like cold lucky. calling, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just blessed, or maybe I'm just like really 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 nice in my email people can just something. see your smile through your email nice <laughs> um i was gonna ask uh, can you direct people to where they can find more information then about the collaborative or how they sorry the collective how they uh engage with you through that i absolutely absolutely can so we'll, we'll put um, a link maybe so... in the show notes is that what you want me to do yeah, we'll okay. put a, sh a link in the show notes. But really, if you just simply Google e-learning in library symposium, um, you will get our, our site on Google. Um, and there's all kinds of great content. There's a link on the site to join the um, to join the listserv. Great. Um, I think I'm supposed to call it the collective, but um, I just... You call it the listserv uh, instead. You know, I call it the listserv. It's weirder. Tisk, tisk. <laughs> I know. Um, and before I, I before we wrap up, there is just one thing I wanted to do. Um, so the symposium is a labor of love. Um, it is a completely free conference. Um, it is grassroots. It is volunteer organized. Um, and I really and as the head planner, I um, kind of like guide and organize and shepherd and um, help develop the, uh, the symposium. But I need to give a Please little do. shout out because I have a platform a to my to my planning team um, who are probably the best planners um, that I've oh. ever worked with. <laughs> Um, outside of o outside of OLA, outside of OLA, um, <laughs> but they are an amazing group of people, and um, I this conference um, that's happening this year is going to be one of our best ever because of how great it is, um, and I'm so pleased with it. Um, however, many years ago, when the e-learning symposium and collective started under the guideship of Jennifer Peters mm -hmm. out of Seneca, um, I think she would be proud and. Um, honored to to know how far we've kind of come with this and to bring this online in the format and with the content that we have um i'm like i i'm i'm so proud of this conference i'm proud of my planning team and i'm i'm very happy to be working with them so i just wanted to send a little Wonderful. shout out and say thank That's you to great. them thank you so much and thank you for your time and yeah. all of your your information today i think this was great i think it's a it's a timely topic that a lot of people are dealing with and you know i think it's just great for people to find out and learn about um, 
collectives, listservs, whatever you want to call it, just places they can connect and learn more and, uh, and get some assistance. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. I, this was an absolute pleasure. I loved sitting here and chatting with you. Well, I'd love chatting with you at any time. Oh, um, so thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Matt. That's all the time we have for this chapter today of Library Land Loves. If you have any questions or comments on our show, drop us a line at the Contact Us section of our site. We'll have links and photos from this episode up as well. Please visit us on social media. Photos. We're at... That's coming. We'll have... <laughs> visit us on socials <laughs> at on Library Asoc and on Facebook, facebook.com slash accessOLA. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening from today and please tell another library person about us so we can all share in what Libraryland loves. Talk to you soon. Matt? Yeah? Have I been, have I been mispronouncing novice? Oh, sh have I been mispronouncing novice? <laughs>